You're listening to The Double Shot, a podcast about animals, minerals, and vegetables. I am your co-host, Ray, and I'm here with Candace Briglib. Hi, Candace. Hi, Ray. How are you today? Great. Awesome. How are you? Great. It's so nice to see you. <laughs> um, I was wondering if perhaps um, you had been thinking at all about um, rejection. I mean, not by looking at you, but <laughs> yes, it has been on my mind. <clears throat> yeah, it's rejection. It's been on my mind quite a bit. Um, it's funny. It. I started thinking about it. So we went away for New Year's. Yes. And we were on the coast. We were. We're it's beautiful. My God. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um so I went for a walk one of the days, and there were a lot of people out taking photos of themselves or mm-hmm. each other. And there are a lot of uh, families where one person's taking the photo and everyone else is there. So I started walking up to groups and just asking if they would like me to take a photo so that they could all be together. And this is a pretty normal thing for, I think, people to offer. Mm-hmm. But as I would walk up to that group, I would feel really nervous. Like, what if they say no? What if they reject me? What if they don't need my help? What if I'm bothering them? <laughs> right? But the truth is, nobody said no. Everyone was like, that's amazing. Thank you so much. But there was a part of me that was so terrified of that moment of rejection that I almost just wanted to walk past them. But knowing that most people would really love the memory of being somewhere yeah for sure and it got me thinking about how often we step away from experiences because we're afraid of the word no we're afraid that someone's going to say no to us or reject us right and uh that that happens in so many places in life and we hold ourselves back true What can be done about this? Well, a while back, I was so terrified of rejection that I actually started researching how to get over it, right? And uh, did you do this with me? Uh, I went through... Not the thing I think you're going to talk about. Yeah, okay. So I went through about a week. I mean, you can do this for longer, of trying purposefully to get rejected every day trying like you haven't done your job until somebody looks you in the eyes and says no and so you try something different every day Mm -hmm. and this isn't about convincing someone to say yes it's just about having a stranger or someone you know look at you and say no and then realizing you survived Mm -hmm. right right and i remember the one that was the hardest for me was uh, it was go to your local grocery store or coffee shop and offer to buy someone a cup of coffee. A stranger can get you a cup of coffee. And you'd think, like, oh, well, people love free things, right? But actually, so I went to New Seasons, and there was a, there was a, I got in line for coffee, and there was a woman standing in front of me, and so I said, hey, can I get your coffee for you? And she looked at me, and she said, No. And and her look was like that I was 
just off my rocker. Like you insulted her or something, like, huh? What do you What do you need yeah. from me? What do you, you want I'm from broke? me? No, it was it was just the strangest reaction because I thought this one's going to be easy, right? And then not only was her reaction, like, I was so crazy, but our shopping pattern was such that <laughs> we passed each other every in every aisle. aisle for the rest of the shopping <laughs> trip. And, and every time we would come near each other, she would look away purposefully. Oh. And get past me as quickly as she could. And I was just thinking, like, oh, I really freaked this person out. But <laughs> also, at the end of it all, I realized even even all that. Yes, she obviously thought that I, you know, I, I can only guess that she thought that I would expect, like, proselytize to her or try to sell her something. Sure, right? sure. <clears throat> I can't say for sure that I would say yes to somebody like offering in, to buy me a coffee. When randomly. I when I was in Japan, it took me a while to realize this, but some shop owners, you would walk by and be kind of cold out, and they would say, like, let me give you uh, some tea. And that sounded wonderful, but what I would realize is that they would hand me a nice tea cup and saucer, and... Then I'm like stuck there, mm -hmm. sipping this tea, talking to them because I'm not going to walk away with it. It's not a to-go <laughs> mug, <laughs> and uh, and so I I then I learned if I don't want to stick around and shop, I should say no, thank you. But at first I was like everyone, I was like this is wonderful, more tea. Oh no, gotta stand here and drink it. <laughs> so perhaps that was her mindset. Like, is this person going to follow me and want to use the restroom? <laughs> That's what I'd be thinking. Like, I hope these places have a restroom. So, rejection. If if you fear rejection, if you go through life trying not to hear the word no from people. Mm -hmm. So, there's that quote that says, if you don't try, you've already failed. Mm. And so, it's sort of like, if you try to go through life without being rejected, then you're likely not pushing hard enough. Mm -hmm. And you're likely, you've basically already failed. You've rejected yourself. Right. Well, that's a sobering thought. <laughs> <clears throat> right. Uh, do you remember maybe 15 or so years ago when we started working together? Sure. And I remember um, we thought, well, wouldn't it be interesting if we each came up with, there was a project that we were doing, we were making a Flash website. Mm -hmm. We thought, well, well, we'll each design a couple ideas and then we'll show them to the client and we won't tell them who designed what. And it was an artist, we were making her portfolio website and we handed her the designs and one of the first ones was mine. It was the first time I'd ever handed a design of mine to another person to have an opinion on. Mm -hmm. And she did not like it. Mm -hmm. And she she was pretty strong about it, why she didn't like it. And I remember after that meeting, going into the bathroom and crying. Oh, <laughs> like, wow. It It was so hard to hear that, even though... I'm not, I wasn't acting as an artist. I was acting as a designer. So I need to be able to hear someone say 
this isn't a good representation of me or I don't sure. like this without feeling devastated inside. I mean, really, a lot of our job is having a lot of our ideas rejected. Yeah. I've got to get used to it. I mean, you don't want to be in a meeting with a client and showing them ideas and they're they're saying, you know, this doesn't work for me and you feel so personal about it that you start defending it or not listening or kind of coming from this personal space. So especially in, in our field, I think it's really important to to not take no's or what could be conceived as rejection too personally. Yeah. You know, I think when it comes to <clears throat> design, I mean, I, I've done it enough. I guess maybe I'm numb to it, numb to the idea of rejection. But... Um, Was there a time when you weren't? Like, can you... Yeah. Did you have to get used to it when yeah. you first started presenting? Well, I don't really remember that much about it, but I can tell you that lately I've been writing and recording more music. And I feel like that is that brings back the feeling of them because I feel like I'm like generally the music I'm making is just stuff I'm writing, recording. Mm-hmm. I'm solely responsible for the creative output there. And so it's really hard to even play it for someone else. It really is. It's totally not like a design where, like, I don't care. Come over, look at my screen. You can see what I'm doing. If you don't like it, just tell me what I can do better. I don't. I no longer really care. I mean, like, I want to do the best work, but well, I don't. I'm is not there, there a difference with... between when you say you don't care? It when I think about design, aesthetic decisions to me aren't super personal, right? It's like mm-hmm. what's best for the brand, mm-hmm. and especially if someone's an ambassador of that brand and they're saying that doesn't that doesn't align with who we are it, it's a lot it's pretty easy to say like oh okay that's not a good idea to do then right it's yeah like, that's definitely part of it yeah. yeah and then if you're making something that's all about you then you have to put it out there and you have to say this is from my heart and there are going to be people some people won't like it yeah i mean honestly you could argue that what you said before about rejection is true here because um, probably a lot of people shouldn't like the music that I'm making. That should be expected. Like, if everyone likes it, it can't be very good, right? (laughs) I mean, it's different than doing design for a client. For that, you're just trying to come up with the best thing for them that you can. And anyone who can help you make it better should but you know when you're kind of just creating something on your own it's like well i mean it's pretty myopic process a lot of people won't won't a lot of people will hate that music yeah you know when i was getting ready for i think the first time that i talked at wukomp so a couple years ago yeah um i I spoke briefly to a coach, uh, mm-hmm. like a business coach. And one of the things that she helped me figure out was just my own personal motivation. So I basically told her, hey, I am, I have stage fright. and I'm going to talk in front of a group and I can't figure out how to get past it. I can't figure out even what I'm afraid of. Like in my mind, I feel like I'm not afraid, but what am I, what am I afraid of? And so I did this exercise with her and she, she basically said that, that I'm someone who has three priorities. One is helping people. 
Another one is storytelling. And the other one is finding solutions to problems, basically. So a lot of those kind of come circle back to each other. Mm -hmm. But she said, basically, if I went on stage and I put on the hat that was um, helping people or pleasing people even, um, I was bound to fail because in a group of, say, 100, there is no way that 100 people are going to enjoy what you're saying, agree with what you're saying, you know, that that mm-hmm. go in there knowing that there's a percentage of people that will absolutely reject what you're saying. Right. Just that's how it is. They might be having a bad day. They might not be feel like they might not feel like listening to you. So her advice was to go in to the experience with the storytelling hat on and say, my only job right now is to tell a good story and I'm not responsible for how it lands on people out there. And in some ways I think about that with music. It's like your job is to make the best song that comes from your heart that you care about. And you're not really responsible for how it lands, right? It's just, you're putting it out there, but it also means you have to not think about what other people think. And I feel like a little bit like that with, with all the podcasts that we do. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't really listen to them or watch them. And some of that is because I want to keep the mindset of of just doing the thing, putting it out there, and not then putting myself in the place of an audience who might be critical or rejecting of it. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I do try to listen to them all, but it's more because I'm, I have, like, I'm doing the producing of it. I have to... Right. Um, I mean, do you mind if I kind of digress to talk about that for a minute? No. Or do you have more to say about rejection? Um, I don't. Okay. <laughs> it's, I, so, um, I guess since we're only like half, 15 minutes in, I, I usually try to aim for more like 30 minutes. Um, I wanted to, to just randomly digress about the fact that I've been trying to learn audio mixing, like mixing musically. Are we recording right now? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, and I mean, I thought of that because I am mixing this. Yeah. But, um, so, I think that most people don't really think about the way that, like, music is mixed. Mm-hmm. And I've been recording a lot over the last over my lifetime. And typically I record stuff and then I kind of save it out as an audio file and then play it for people. But that's not really, it doesn't really sound good. The music never sounds good. And I, over the years came up with some, some hacks to make it sound better. Like you can kind of just, put some basic effects on the final output and kind of make it sound like everything's an appropriate level, kind of get it, kind of even it out, just kind of, you know, paper over it a little bit. But I decided a few weeks back that I wanted my music to sound better and that I was going to learn the art of mixing. And this has been... Um, it's been a learning process. It's daunting. It's, I had no, I feel like I sort of base, I had a basic understanding of what was going on before, probably better than most people. But once you sit down and try to get in your head, all of the stuff that a good 
mixing engineer is thinking about. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's, it reminds me of, you know, how what we do a lot of times when we're basically making a website, you first kind of put on a hat where you're designing it, as in, in broad strokes, and then you put on a hat where you're building it. developing it and those are very different tasks basically you kind of don't want to really be doing any new design once you're building it that makes it really hard similarly you kind of have to take off your recording artist or producer hat and say okay now i'm mixing this song this is a whole different job and it's a big job and if you've got even you know a dozen or two tracks and in a in a mix it's kind of like naturally what happens is that it's like if you it's like it's like the color brown like when you mix all of the colors together you kind of end up with just this brown mess is how i think my songs sound when they're not mixed because you haven't what you're what you're kind of doing in mixing is really interesting to me in that you're you're separating out you're you're looking at at each track in the song, like, okay, this is a, a kick drum. It's like a boom. It's got a low-end pop. And so maybe you need to make sure there's nothing else in that sound. Take out all of the higher frequencies. Or this is a vocal. It's going to center in a higher frequency. So maybe you need to remove some of the lower. You basically want to go through all of your tracks and kind of you almost sculpt them to remove the frequencies that aren't really necessary. Like, so that when you listen to the overall song, your your ears and your mind can hear those different things without them all muddying together. Because when they mix together, it kind of sounds like the color brown. Like, mm-hmm. all of those colors are just a big mess. You're making a rainbow. Yeah, you want to make a rainbow. You want those colors to come through distinctly. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. But, so, it's like, I right now, I have spend every night like spending an hour or two doing like reading up on this watching some videos of people doing it trying to do it a little bit on some of my songs and i'm like to that phase where like i i don't feel like i've actually learned to mix at all you know this is so much interest (laughs) that's so interesting to me about you because you are someone who's not afraid to like you'll do something for many years Right, uh-huh. And then you'll decide, I want to know this better. I want to be better at it. And you're not afraid to say, okay, now everything I did is not as good as what I'm going to do now because I've learned more. Right. I think uh, it's interesting to watch you continuously learn. Like When we first met, uh-huh. you were mixing albums for people. Yeah. Which is funny to hear you say, like, I don't know that much. It's like, that was one of the things you did. It's there true. Are, there are... Portland bands that have records that you mixed. It's true. It's embarrassing to think about. I mean, like, so. <laughs> well, I mean, they were buddies, and I think they were paying you in a six pack. It's not like sure. you. It's not like it was your your other business, right? But at the same, there's a time, reason I went into design and not <laughs> mixing engineer, right? Um, I'm to the point now where like. I've just learned enough to recognize how how much worse my music sounds than I even thought mm-hmm. and how much better the music that I enjoy listening to is. Like, 
now I I've only I've only learned enough about mixing to understand that like I suck at it and there are people out there who are amazing who are totally like like under recognized geniuses. No, when you stuff. say suck at yeah, it, yeah, um, <laughs> that uh, I mean, you're actually holding yourself to the standard of of people who do this for sure. their entire living. Sure, and you're not going to be okay with the work you're doing in your spare time hobby music making until it's like at that level. I'm, and I'm not putting down, I'm no, not no, saying no, like no, hobby right. music, right. but we've talked a little bit about that. Like I see you as a hugely talented musician and I think I was trying to encourage you to do more with it. And you, yes. you mentioned that you like having music as something that you do for fun, mm -hmm. but you're not necessarily doing it to become a, a working musician or a famous musician, right? Mm -hmm. That you're enjoy it so they say hobby it's like you're taking it so seriously well like i don't i don't anticipate being an amazing like i don't anticipate doing that for a living ever so i'm kind of saying that a little bit tongue-in-cheek but mm -hmm. sometimes i think like you 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 can appreciate things more like it's it's like I might I might actually be able to enjoy music more once I understand mixing because I can appreciate the skill level of well mixed music more. Mm -hmm. I might be able to enjoy it more. Like literally, I've been re listening to some songs of mine just sort of to reference like what good mixing sounds like. And when I hear mixing engineers describe what they're looking for in music, you know, in detail as they're mixing, and then listen to well mixed songs, it's like damn they really are doing that like you can really hear that you know for example one of your goals is to find the find the 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 heart of the music like the thing that really gives it its motion its movement like really what is the essence of this track what's the like most important instrument it's not necessarily the vocals it could be the rhythm guitar it could be the kick drum mm -hmm. and styles of music it it depends on the song and the style of music and when you listen to so i yesterday someone introduced me to uh a new pornographer song off their most recent album the first track and that song really breathes. It like has this sense of rhythm where it is not driven by the drums. The drums are pretty low in the mix, relatively speaking. I don't even know what sounds I'm hearing that are breathing that life into that track, but it is really well mixed. Mm -hmm. Like when you listen to that album, you really get this sense of like that that, that it had like it has a beating heart to that song, and that's all about the mix. Like if you heard that song unmixed, it would just sound like brown it would it wouldn't you wouldn't want to like it wouldn't be so exciting but as it is i i've been standing at my desk like dancing around like the song just it sounds so good and now i kind of understand it's not just the songwriting it's not just the performances a lot of it is how well it's it's put together technically you know mm -hmm. are you ready to listen to eminem now i've listened to eminem <laughs> you played it for me the other day <laughs> See, that's very different. Like, when the track you played for me, like, it's very obviously 
the essence of that song is his vocals. That's a great mm-hmm. example. The, 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 the drums are extremely minimal because it's just reminding you of the time. And he is playing with the time of the song with his voice. He's throwing all sorts of weird sort of different rhythms in with the way that he's singing. And he has this element of the way. And so, like, if you were mixing that music, you really just want everything to get out of the way as vocals. Like, and, it, and it's mixed well. Like, you can hear it. It's not a lot of mixing probably went on there. It's like, just get it out of the way. You know, like, it's just, he's got a, a really good grasp of what he wants to convey vocally. And that's kind of the essence of that music, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so it's really interesting. I've been enjoying it a lot. It's one of those, I'm at that, like, all I all I know is that I know nothing kind of phases where it's like, I feel like I'm moving backwards. Like now I'm just like, now I, why even try to make now? It's, it seems like more work than before. That's the best place to be. <laughs> oh, sure. That place totally where agree. you see how much more there is out there. Right. You know? Right. I was describing to you last night, um, having heard that song and was just flipping out about it. I was listening to it all night long over and over. Like, I've just like, I was, I was telling you how, like, when you discover a new band or a new oh, song. Yes. I know. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like walking through a, a door into a, like you've lived in this house for years and you walk through a door and like you're in Narnia. And what was I saying? I don't even know what I was saying. It's like, I was like, oh, wh- wh- where has this room been here my whole life? Why did nobody tell me about it? Like, and, and why it, why is this animal head on me? Like, I don't know what it's, <laughs> I, I, it was. I've been drinking, but um, it's just such an amazing feeling. And that, now I feel like that about music I already know well. Because mm-hmm. I can listen to it again and say, listen for something. So, to backtrack. You talked about how I'd mixed before. Sure. I've always had an interest in mixing. I just never really understood it. I've mm-hmm. always done it. Like... It's when you think of mixing, you think a row of faders where you're determining this instrument is louder. Oh, it's too loud now. Let's turn it down. Okay, that's obvious. But that's only one of the even that's only one of the many primary tools that it makes you like. There's the EQ shaping where you might say like this has too much high end. I need to make room for this instrument, so this one needs to have less here. And then there's also compression, which is kind of how the instrument gets louder and quieter. The dynamics, how it breathes. And I've always, when I listen to a track, I've always listened to how, I've always marveled at how good, like, the drums in old Beatles records sound. And, like, a lot of people have joked about Ringo not being a great drummer. And I don't know, maybe it was, like, a lot of people have said he's not even the best drummer in the Beatles. Which might be true because Paul played drums on a lot of later songs. But the the way that, like, they engineered the mix really makes the drums sound really good. You know, and, and how they played with it to make it sound like more contemporary drums or, you know. Anyway, I really, really digress. What were we talking about? Rejection? Well, if you don't try, you've already failed. So that's right. It's like you're trying. I am trying. I don't know if she's trying to pull it all together. That's right. That was a great. Wrap it in a bow. Yeah, there we are. Send it off. Full circle. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm looking forward to seeing the music you're making. Yeah, it's fun. Seeing, hearing. I probably will be hearing it before I see it. 
Yeah, in the past, I've, I've I often made videos for songs. I don't think I'm going to do that anymore. That was just why was I doing that? What was the deal? You started a video show. That's true. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll start the whole band back up. The yeah, whole the whole thing. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, this has been great. Um, go out and do something. Go out and ask someone a question that you know they'll say no to. You can do pretty much anything. You can ask if you can buy someone a cup of coffee. You can um, ask random people if you can borrow a pen or a pencil until someone says no. Ask them if their faces always look like that. That's great, right? That's perfect. <laughs> it was funny. One one of the things that I was supposed to try was um, ask someone out on a date. Oh. <laughs> I was like, well, that's weird. So I asked you, and you said yes. And I was like, well, I guess I failed that day. because You failed at being rejected. I was like, yeah, that's no, weird about you, like, trying like, to be rejected is that failure is uh, not being rejected. Yeah. Yeah. It, if at first someone says yes, keep asking until someone says no. Huh. Even uh, asking someone if they have change for a dollar. Just random. Like, you don't actually need anything from them. You don't have to exchange anything. It's just finding finding the most random thing that you can ask of a stranger. Yeah, that's it. Go out there and be reje- rejected. See you next Go week. Go get yourself rejected. <laughs> okay. Bye.